welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Nigel Desmond. Father, we come before you and I ask, Lord God, that you would speak to our spirits today about what you are wanting to do in us, to us, and through us in this city and in this nation at this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, I, I'm going to kind of carry on a little bit from where uh, Deb's left off uh, last week when she was speaking about just God's desire to bless, but how we either live in self or we live in, uh, in the Spirit. Because I feel, like, um, I feel like God's purpose for this decade, because uh, how many of you remember when 2020 opened, it opened with such hope. Who, who remembers like 2020 vision? Everyone was like, woohoo, 2020 vision. And, uh, and then, then COVID hit. But I, I want to just say that I don't believe that God's purposes have stopped. I, don't, I, I actually don't believe that the prophetic people got it wrong. I believe that we, we immediately faced opposition because what is coming is so huge and so good that, that it is unprecedented that we've had opposition on an unprecedented scale. And for those who will continue to see what God is uh, doing and hear what God is saying, we're going to enter into the fullness of what God has for us. Amen? So I do want to say this morning, I believe that God is setting us up for a time of immense blessing. Who, who would like that? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm signing up for that. For those of you who think that, you know, it's, you know, time of you know, tremendous curse. Well, listen, you go your way. I'm going to go my way, you know. But I, I, I believe that God did not change. I believe that God is always good. And I believe he's in a good mood. I also don't believe that he was thrown off by COVID or shock. I don't think he went, let's, let, oh, man, someone got a cold. What happened? Gabriel, get Gabriel. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I turned my back and Fauci slipped in me. <laughs> I don't believe that's what's happening in, uh, uh, in the nations. You know, there's been this prophetic word that's been hanging over the world since 1906, that there is going to be an outpouring poured out on the, uh, on the earth. So massive that it's going to bring in a one billion soul harvest. In fact, from 1906, this time of the Azusa Street Revival, they spoke about this outpouring that would happen, similar to the Azusa Street Revival, except that it would be global. And then hanging specifically over Cape Town, about the same time, the same prophetic word, was that there was going to be an outbreak of revival in the city that would burn up the uh, continent of Africa and touch the outermost parts of it. Now, taking those two things, like lenses of a pair of spectacles, looking together, they're both speaking about a similar time frame. And I believe when, when the, the Azusa Street Revival talking about a, an outpouring that's going to happen in many different places, and then one with Cape Town specifically, I believe we are right in the crosshairs for blessing. Amen? But the question is, Will we believe the Lord for what He wants to do in our lives? 
Are you going to be one and say, yes, Lord. You know what? I'm not going to get my eyes on what the enemy is doing and how I'm not going to get intimidated by what the enemy is doing, but I'm going to believe God for blessing. And so we've started seeing some things in the last couple of decades. Things that used to be rare have become common. Last decade, I'd say. Things that used to be rare about um, a decade ago, I'd go, uh, go to different places and seeing signs and wonders was actually quite rare in, in the sense of, I'm talking about, when I talk about signs and wonders, let me just explain signs and wonders because we use it as a phrase in the church and we don't actually know what we mean. And then when they happen, it freaks us out. So the Lord said, signs and wonders will follow those who believe. What's a sign? A sign is something small that points to something bigger. All right? So you're going down the road, and next to the road, there's a sign. It says, Cape Town. All right? You don't jump out of your car and dance under the sign and go, Woohoo! Cape Town! Woo! No, Cape Town. I expected more of it. Do you know what I'm saying? It's pointing to something bigger. It's pointing to Cape Town. And so you, you keep on going, and you press in for the, uh, for the larger thing. So in the, the spiritual environment, God can do many kinds of signs. So the first sign spoken of in the Bible, in the, in the heavens, was a rainbow that God put in the sky. And He put a rainbow in the sky, a massive sign, to point to His faithfulness and goodness. It was meant to remind us of something. So now, sometimes when you're in a revival service, things begin to happen. You look around and someone who seemed perfectly normal before they came into the service are now shaking. And you look over and you think, wow, sudden onset Parkinson's. Really strange. What's going on? No, you look and you say, that's going on. But so many Christians get all upset about it and say, well, what's the purpose of that shaking? Why? Why do they have to shake? Or someone starts laughing. Why? It's not even funny, Joe. Stop it. They start laughing. They start shaking. Or it gets wilder. Um, there's still a coin stuck on the wall from last Sunday. Jessica's coin is still stuck on the wall. She was playing Sticky Sticky Glory. Now, things like that happen. I remember when I first started seeing things like that, something inside of me felt a little bit offended. My Joe. Why would Christians go sticky, sticky glory and God stick a coin to the wall? Because it's something small pointing to something larger. We're not meant to get hung up and dance under the coin. But we look at, wow, you know, this is an amazing sign of the heart of God who is willing to play with his children and just point to his reality, point to his kindness. And so when we see signs starting to occur, um, two weeks ago in School of the Spirit, uh, the people who were sitting on that couch got covered in silver dust. It was there before. It wasn't there before, uh, before the service. Actually, it was, wasn't it you, Karen? Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, Sam and Karen were sitting on that couch, and there was no silver dust before, but afterwards it was there. What? Why? And you know, and people go like, why? Why would that happen? Like, I don't always know perfectly, but it press. You press in looking for. What's the bigger thing? Yeah. Right? And that's what signs and wonders are. What are wonders? Wonders are things that... Now, follow me closely because the reasoning is extremely precise. 
Wonders make you wonder. No, that was you didn't see that coming. It, it takes immense years of learning to, 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 to follow that. But wonders make you wonder. Now, what is wonder? Wonder is it provokes a sense of awe. Or sometimes it makes you wonder. It's like, I wonder what that was about. I wonder if that was Jesus. The first, one of the first wonders that happened to me, I went to a revival meeting. Actually, it had a huge impact on my, uh, on my life. And I went through a fire tunnel or, a, a, you know, just a fire tunnel, a prayer, a prayer tunnel, whatever. And people were praying for me. And the first thing that happened was my forehead began to burn. It felt like someone poured hot oil on my head. And do you know what it did to me? I began to wonder. I was like, what? what's going on? Is this God? Is this Jesus? Is this the Holy Spirit? Is this the devil? Is this just me thinking so hard my brain's cooking? And I began to wonder. But it turned my thoughts upwards towards the Lord. Now... In revival outpourings, that kind of stuff is not is common. You you when you're around God, it you should be around God for a period of time and start seeing stuff like that. That makes you wonder. Wow, what was that? Or you begin wondering, man, if I pressed in a little bit further, I wonder what could happen. Let, let, let's go on, let's pray for that leg to grow out. Let's Pray for that deaf ear. I wonder what we could see. The Bible says, the Lord told us we ought to expect signs and wonders to follow in His name. And we're starting to see some of those things. People getting healed. Gold dust being uh, poured out. Silver dust being uh, uh, poured out. Coins uh, sticking uh, to walls. And when it does happen, I just want to say to you, don't get offended. And don't get offended when people get uh, uh, offended. You know? I, I remember... Um, you know, we, when we started seeing gold dust poured out in our first church, um, people would come to us and say, gold dust, oh, bull dust. I'm like, hey, I don't know why the, the people get so offended about that. The, my best one, my favorite one, is when we talk about gold dust, Christians would come in there and go, uh, but is it really gold? I, I can never understand the logic of that. I'm like, why is that even relevant? Because if it is plastic, it's supernaturally manifested on people's hands. And that's no less of a miracle. It's just a cheaper one. <laughs> I don't know, you know. What the heck? You know, like, if, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't sweat plastic or, or, or quartz or whatever, you know. It's something supernatural appeared. The wonder is in that, not in the actual substance. And so when this begins happening... And it is happening, and it's going to increase now. Expect two things. Expect to be awed, but also expect people to push back on it. Because what uh, often, the unknown provokes fear. But as we press in, I want to encourage you, don't stop and dance under the signpost. Because God is pouring out His Spirit, not so coins can stick to the wall but so that we can know him better. You see, that's, that's the purpose of the coin sticking to the wall. It's like, hey, carry on going. Carry on going. 
I know, pursue me to know me more, to know my heart, to love me more. Keep on going. Don't stop. Get hungry for more. So as we were thinking about this, I, and the, the story that came to mind is in Genesis 26. So open your Bible. To, oh yeah, actually, the other sign that might make you wonder sometimes is people reading the Bible and getting drunk. Um, I've heard of that. <clears throat> um, drunk in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> reading the Bible. So if that ever does, you ever do see that. Okay, Genesis 26, verse 12, it says this. And Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in that same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him and the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. Listen, this is a long passage of scripture. So um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want to encourage you to go and read Genesis 26 from 12 through to 23. And I want to show you steps along the road to God's uh, blessing. So first thing is, and I'll give you the highlights. The highlights of the story is the Lord is blessing Isaac. He's just pouring out blessing on him. And he starts to become in, uh, rich. But the problem is, is when he starts to be blessed, it provokes the people around him to jealousy. Remember what Debbie was talking about uh, last week? About, uh, about je- it provokes them to jealousy. And they begin stopping up the wells. They come to the wells he's dug. And they start throwing dirt down them and stopping them up. Which is an extraordinary thing to do because in Middle Eastern culture, when you dug a well, you didn't own the well. Anyone could come and water their flocks from that place. But because they hadn't dug that well, and because, because Isaac was, uh, was prospering from that well, the people around started stopping up as, uh, as well. So it happened at a couple of places. At Essek, Sitna, Reboath and finally Beersheba. So the, the first place they, uh, they, come, the, the, they named the well Jealousy. And you know, when God begins pouring out His blessing on your life, it can provoke jealousy. And you know, it, when you see other people, uh, people being blessed, often it can provoke jealousy in your own soul. It's like, hey Lord, why, what's, what's going on there? Why are they being blessed? I wanted that, uh, Lord. But it's interesting. And when they come and contend uh, with him, they, they start throwing dirt down as well. Now, I want to say to you, if you want the blessing of the Lord in your life, when you see blessing being poured out on other people's lives, man, rejoice. Because other people's blessing is your blessing. This is the most amazing thing. We live in a world where um, increasingly the spirit that's released into cultures is jealousy. It's like, man, no one can be richer than me. No one can have more uh, more than me. And if there's something morally wrong about people having more than me, but we don't understand that for anyone to be blessed, someone needs to be blessed. Does that make sense? It's it's like, you know, when when you've got one industry, if that guy's getting blessed, then he's got to hire other people, etc. And... Blessing provokes blessing. But if you run in and trample another man's field, all of a sudden, you've got nothing to eat. And in this case, what they would do is they're throwing dirt and stopping up other people's wells. The crazy thing is, is they could drink from the well themselves. 
They could water their own flocks from that well. And so often I see this in revival. Revival breaks out in another church. God starts moving in another church. And, and people throwing dirt down that well. And they're saying, no, it's not really Jesus. It's not really God. It's not really Jesus. No, no, no. If God was going to pour out his spirit, he'd pour it out here in my place. Instead of saying, you know what? I'm going to go out and drink from there. I'm going to drink the water. Because that's God's water. I want to get blessed. So that's the first thing. And remember, if someone contends with you out of a spirit of jealousy and you push against them, do you know what will often happen? Is you start moving in jealousy too. <laughs> and that's the next thing. The next thing that happens. After, after dirty wells of jealousy, they move on. And, and you look at Isaac, he's like, hey, it's okay. I'll move on. Take the well. And, then, and, they, move, and they dig another well. And that's at Essex. At Essex, they contend with them and they say, the water is ours. I want to tell you, I believe there's going to be so much blessing that God's going to pour out on the body of Christ in this next season. It's, it's amazing what God wants to do. It's amazing what God wants. I believe God wants to bless South Africa, by the way. I think the best days of our nation are ahead of us. They're ahead of us. And God's going to do it despite all the stuff that we see. God has a purpose for this nation. But you know, one of the things that will come against it is territoriality. This is mine. Mine. No, 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 it's mine. No, this is my water. No, this is my water. And we don't understand that actually the blessing that was coming on Isaac was not because he was a good well digger. It was because God's blessing was on him. And you know, when there's going to be, in the outpouring that's coming, and that has started, there's going to be so much blessing, but one of the things that can stop the move of the Lord is when we start trying to own it. This is for me. No, listen, when God starts pouring out blessing on your life, give it away. Give it away. What's in this? What's in this? What's in this? You know? And a little bit like Oprah. Well, some for you, some for you, some for you, some for you. Amen? territoriality, I believe, will impede the flow of the Spirit in your life quicker than anything you, uh, you can imagine. Now, it's, this is a, um, a um, denominational blessing. Or it's, a, uh, it's this church's uh, blessing. Now, listen, it's, it's a big shock. But no particular church owns the Holy Spirit. It's, it's amazing. I, I remember the first time going to Bethel, and I told this story, um, I've told this story many times. But one of the things that really shocked me, I, I was chatting to um, a guy from the, uh, from the Catholic Church who we rent this place from yesterday. And he came up to me and he started telling me miracle stories from the Catholic Church. Oh, so cool. It was so cool. I'm like, this is wild. This guy says mass in Latin every week. But we were connecting on miracles. And then he told me, hey, have you heard the story about Padre Pio? I said, and he told me this story. And I said, you know what's crazy? I told that story from the pulpit in my church last week. And he's like, really? Yeah, I did. No particular church and denomination owns the Holy Spirit and owns Jesus. We're one church. And what God is doing is amazing. There's going to be so many fish jumping in the boat in the next season. We'll need all the boats. We'll need all the boats. 
We're not going to be, the, the fish are going to be jumping in, uh, uh, so rapidly. We, as they row up to help us with the harvest, we're not going to be saying, Hey, listen, I object to your paint job. Please, I, you, you painted the wrong color. Like, Brother, please come take some of these fish. Amen. That's what I'm believing for. Sitna was the next place they went. And here, in the, the word sitna means opposition. Do you know that blessing can provoke opposition? Do you know that, that when God begins to bless, uh, bless your life, when He begins to pour out His presence on you, you may face opposition. That, that when it feels like things are going really great, all of a sudden, it just feels like everything's against you. And you know what? Don't despair on that. Because God is bigger than that. Amen? There's demonic opposition. Sometimes it stirs up opposition in people uh, uh, around you. Um, it can come even from within your own soul when, you, when the Lord's just breaking through barriers. And He wants to deal with stuff. It's like, okay, you know what, Nigel? It's time. It's time. You, you've been saddled with that uh, attitude or that thing for 30 years now. I think it's time we deal with it. And you begin facing opposition. But you know the most amazing thing is? Opposition often is just the resistance that you need in order to get to the place you're wanting to go. You know, up in space, if I uh, take you and I drop you out in space in your little space suit and you've got no, no jet pack or anything, you can do the breaststroke, you can do backstroke, you can do the crawl, but you can stay in one spot. Do you know why? There's no resistance. There's no resistance. Nothing to push against. But the moment you've got something to push against, it'll uh, fuel you forward into the direction you want to go. And opposition is very often the gift that God uh, is giving you in order to get you to the place He's uh, told you He's going to take you. Amen? And so don't be discouraged by uh, opposition. There's opposition from the world. There's opposition sometimes from other people, other Christians. Um, uh, often when, when um, you begin to get blessed, the, the religious can get stirred up. But good news. It's just a stop on the journey. To Rehoboth, which is the place where God makes room for you. And I want to tell you, God's taking each of us to that place. God's got a plan for your life. When you got born, He didn't go, oh my gosh, where'd that one come from? Gabriel, oh Lord, I was just trying to fix out the other thing. I'm like, what happened with him? I haven't got a plan for him. Jesus, quickly, write a plan for this one. That didn't happen. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And he's, gonna, he's got a plan to bless you. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans for good and not for evil. He's bringing you, to your pla- uh, you and your family to a place where he can make room for you. Because he wants to bless you. Amen. And this is a place that's grounded in peace. Um, it's a place of harvest. And it's a place where... Where we can all drink from the wells that the Lord is opening up in our lives. I, I've got such a sense that we're moving into a time now where we're just going to see wells of outpouring and revival and presence breaking out across our, uh, our country. Breaking out across the world. In fact, I'm already hearing uh, uh, stories around the world of fresh uh, um, upwellings and, and breaking out 
of presence and power happening around the world. And it is so exciting. I'm also seeing all the stuff that the enemy is doing to distract us from that. But we've got to keep our eyes on what God is doing. Because we are the hope carriers. If you don't carry hope, if you as a believer do not carry hope in this time, there is nowhere the world can get it from. You're, you are called to be the light of the world as a believer in Christ. Amen? And the final thing is Beersheba, the well of covenant. And this, I believe, is the highest level of blessing that God wants to bring us into. And it's that, area, it's that place where God brings you into covenantal relationship with people around you, where the body of Christ is moving in family. We're moving in family. Where we're looking across and we're saying, you know what? Um, I'm different from those guys. But we're in covenant. We're in covenant. Man, um, did you hear about the, uh, the, the miracle service that happened over on the other side of town in that church? Man, we're rejoicing. We're so excited. We're so excited. Did you hear that church over there? They got their building program just paid off supernaturally this week. Come on, let's rejoice. One of the things we, we did in our previous church, we took up an offering the one time for the church across the, uh, uh, across the city um, for their building program. Because we heard they were trusting God for a uh, building. We took up an offering and uh, I think we managed to pay off about a, um, a quarter of their building program. Which was just in one, uh, in one moment. And they didn't join us. Then they, they weren't. Part, but we just said, you know what? If you get blessed, we're going to get blessed. And we, uh, we know that. And we're just, we're just people, uh, good people. You know what? This is the kind of contending we've got to go after in this season. Because I believe this is what God's going to do. It's going to be supernatural. It's going to be miraculous. It's going to be fun. But also, along the way, we'll, we'll deal with some stuff. And the way we deal with the stuff is not move in opposition to it. You don't move against jealousy with jealousy. You don't move uh, 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 in, in opposition to, um, um, what was it, uh, the next one? Territoriality by territoriality. No. You walk in generosity. You walk in your identity as, uh, uh, as a Christian. And you walk in blessing and generosity. And I believe that if we do that, this is going to become a place of such amazing outpouring it's a well. This is, this is who we are. I want to say, this is who we are as a fellowship. We're well diggers. And we are digging a well right here. And I'm so excited about what God's going to do. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this message from Nigel Desmond. For more information, please visit nigelanddebbie.org.